Hi, welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fed Talks. How's everybody doing? Doing good? It's 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 a lovely day today. Uh, I mean, I don't know when you're listening to this, so that's really a bad way to begin. So let's... Uh, man, I'm drifting already. This is my last full week of work for the next couple weeks. Uh, next week is... Uh, you have Memorial Day, and then I'm taking a couple days off to go to Las Vegas and visit my friend and also see Dr. Strange. And uh, I've done a very good job. I've made it three weekends now without getting spoiled. And I'm, I did not expect that to happen. Uh, the one thing I learned, which I guess is a spoiler if you haven't seen it, but you will not care about this either. Uh, is that Black Bolt is in it. And I don't mind that being spoiled for me because I don't care about Black Bolt. Like, I'm not going to be mad when he shows up. I'm not going to be, oh, this guy. You know, he's not... I don't know. Uh, he's not Gambit. You know, it's not going to bother me. Uh, uh, but I'm also not going to be like, oh, holy smokes, Black Bolt, my favorite. Yeah, when he shows up, I'll have the same reaction knowing he's showing up as I would if he were surprised and be like, all right, I'll hear you out. Uh, and so uh, next two weeks, I will not have a full week of work. So that is exciting. Uh, a young person at the gas station today asked me about career advice and nothing I have to say can possibly be of any use to anybody. Uh, I'm... I'm in a bad position where I'm not really a role model, but I haven't screwed up so badly that I'm a negative example. Like, uh, you know, the only advice you can really glean from me is, well, try to do better than this. Uh, so, because it's been one of those stretches where I haven't had a lot to talk about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a couple stories of people being mean to me recently. That'll be fun. Uh, and I hasten to to uh, say right off the right off the top, I I'm fine. These incidents did not, well, you know, just made me feel bad, sure, but uh, you know, no big deal. It was not a critical hit to my self esteem. Uh. <laughs> okay, I said critical hit. I have to tell you about the dorkiest joke I ever I ever made out in the wild. Uh, uh, critical hit, as you know, is a or or you don't know, you might be normal, is a Dungeons and Dragons term, uh, which usually refers to rolling a natural twenty on a uh, twenty-sided die or a d twenty. This is all useful information. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was going to see a movie, and they have assigned seats at this theater, and you know, you just kind of pick it off the monitor, and I because I like. I like to sit on the end. Uh, now it's just habit, but at the time then, I was still having problems with the leg that I broke years and years ago uh, where I would sometimes need to stretch it out and put it out in the aisle, and that obviously only worked from sitting on the left side of the theater. And that's not really an issue now, but I've sat on the left side so often I just keep doing that. Also, because then you only have to sit next to at most one stranger. 
Uh, anyway, so I get my I get my my seat, and they they check out my selection and confirm before they ring it up. They say, "All right, you got a D20." And I said, "Yep." And then I said, "Hey, I haven't heard much about this movie. Do you know if it's a critical hit?" <laughs> I was very proud of myself. Uh, they did not even realize that was a joke. Some may say that's the best kind of joke. Those people are wrong. The best kind of joke is one that people enjoy. Uh, so anyway, back to people being mean to me. Uh, this one. And this is, I have had, I have taken so much abuse for wearing a mask. Uh, both at times when it was required and at times now when the Regulations have been substantially eased, possibly to the point of foolhardiness in some, in some respects. But I, I was, I was at Meyer. I was wearing my mask. I was not bothering anybody. I'm the only person there in a mask. It's fine. I want to live, you know. I don't care what you're doing. And this lady, and this is not the first time a woman has come up to me and said exactly this. Uh, says to me. Uh, you wouldn't have to worry about COVID so much if you weren't so fat. Which, you know, nice. Okay, cool. Cool. Thanks, mean lady. Uh, and he, the the odd thing about it, besides just actively going out of your way to to be mean to a stranger who is literally doing nothing, uh, is... is uh, I have been told that before, and it's been the exact same wording, which makes me think it's like a, like my friend Sean's in a neighborhood group where they get together and they talk about how to get people registered to vote and, you know, how to, how to uh, push forth, push forth, push forward certain issues, you know. And I wonder if this is like the evil version of that where they sit around and go, okay, if you see a fat guy, this is what you say. And, uh, uh, but here, here was my, my response, which at the time I thought was hilarious. And it was only after I said it that I realized it was basically a Homer Simpson line where, uh, I think I've made a brilliant point, but I've actually made myself look worse. So she says that. And my reply is for your information, a lot of this is a hernia. I can't afford to get fixed right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be proud of that one for a while. Uh, so that that was a cool thing. Uh, and it confirmed, uh, as I maybe discussed on here, my weight loss goal is to is, is to get to a point where you would not have to describe me to a stranger at a party as being the fat guy. And apparently not there yet. Uh, the other one, this is kind of a, I don't know. It's been, I, if you follow me on Twitter, I think I tweeted about this, uh, but it, it was weird. It's kind of sitting with me weird just thinking about it. So I'm going to share it with a much smaller audience than my, than my Twitter, which nobody follows. Uh, so I'm really not doing a good job of getting stuff out into the wild. Uh, months ago, I, Honestly, I probably had a drink or something, and I was in a mood. 
Uh, I just tweeted about the movie Batman v Superman and why I think it's bad. I was not over. I was not abusive to any specific person. I didn't tag anybody in it. I didn't use any hashtags. It was just, uh, you know, stuff that I have talked about on here in the past. You, you know, uh, nothing that's super important. But there's some some things I think that are sort of morally repellent about that movie, even besides the the. Uh, the fact that it's bad to look at and just thoroughly unappealing. But I specifically focused on the morally repellent parts. And I just, you know, I tweet it. And who thinks about your tweets after you tweet them? You don't. It's done. And the next morning, uh, somebody who's like a one of Zack Snyder's crew, uh, I IMDb'd him just to see he's the guy who works on all those movies I don't remember what it was but he wrote like a 30 tweet response telling me I'm stupid for not liking something and uh, it's fine it's dumb how thin is your skin that I didn't even criticize any person um, or even name Zack Snyder who I, is the problem in all respects like you really had to be doing a deep Twitter search to even see this and I didn't engage with it. I didn't even read the whole thread. It was dumb. This guy had dumb opinions. Uh, but my my reaction, my thing was, oh, because I if you guys don't use social media, Zack Snyder fans are absolute just, that is a bad fan base. And I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying everyone that I've ever encountered. Uh, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to get, just get reamed out by all these weirdos who want to tell me that Sucker Punch was a masterpiece. So I just sort of muted the thread so I wouldn't see any replies to it, and I moved on. And then fairly recent, this was months ago, and within the last couple of weeks, I was like, if you if you don't use Twitter, people can send you direct messages, but if you don't follow one another you don't necessarily see them. It's all in the settings. And I, I didn't know it. You know, there's like three people I ever DM. Uh, but I saw, I, I learned that there was like a special, there's like a folder where people, if people you don't follow try to DM you, it goes into this other folder and you can, you can open it and then choose to reply, block or ignore all this stuff. It's, you wouldn't necessarily see it if you didn't know about this functionality. And I found out about it. And I'm like, oh, I should check. I wonder if uh, maybe, you know, maybe somebody who kind of knows me tried to reach me or something. And what I had were dozens of messages from aggrieved Zack Snyder fans who had seen this thread and just sent me nasty, nasty messages. Uh you know, either telling me, you know, just outright insulting me. Some people went to the trouble to go through my other tweets so they could find reasons to make fun of me. Uh, you know, or just, uh, just, just nastiness. A few of them told me to kill myself, which is an excessive reaction to not liking a terrible movie. And, you know, it didn't really, because I don't, 
I just I literally just blocked every single one of those people so they'll never see me tweet and I'll never get a message from them again. Uh, but it was it was weird. And like as a as a straight white male, I suffer less harassment than just about anybody on social media. So, you know, there are probably people for whom this is just a regular day, probably about something more important than than a garbage movie. And I don't know, it was weird. I've been, I, it's, it's something I've been thinking about because it's just so, like if somebody didn't like something, I would never yell at them for it. Not even if it's a thing I made. Oh, look, we don't like, I don't like a movie that you like. Oh, well, I, I don't have the power to prevent it from existing. I don't know. The internet's bad, I think is my point. Um, boy, I am, I am running on fumes, you guys. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump right into the franchise report. Uh, and, uh, I'll try to be interesting. I didn't intend to devote so much time to the franchise report, but it's gotten kind of long lately. And for that, I apologize. Uh, this week, uh, as you've, if you've been, been, uh, paying attention I am rewatching the Marvel movies, the James Bond movies, and for the first time, the American Pie series. Uh, Marvel rewatch got us to Iron Man 3, which is one of those that people kind of forget, uh, partly because most of it is Tony Stark not being Iron Man. And the thing is, actually real good. Like it's a it's it's a lot of fun. It's something new and interesting. I like the way it sort of builds off of the previous movie, which was Avengers, which uh, after everything that happened in it, Tony Stark is kind of screwed up and suffered from PTSD. <laughs> like not only did he learn aliens existed, he killed thousands of them with a nuclear bomb. Uh, and it's. I think that really works because uh, they ha essentially they get in a loop and you, you'll you see it in future movies where Iron Man has to keep getting more powerful and advanced to just be able to match up to Avengers level villains. But then that means in his solo movies, you know, in the last one, he fought Mickey Rourke with a whip. So it's hard to come up with a threat that come up with a good threat for him in a solo movie uh, that somehow compares to what he has to do in an Avengers movie. But taking everything away from him uh, and having him rely on his wits and some cobbled together stuff works really well. Um, uh, Shane Black wrote and directed it and it's one of the Marvel movies that feels like it has a little more of a... Uh, I don't want to say an auteur's touch, but it, that's kind of like, it feels like the voice of a singular creator is involved. Uh, I'm not a huge Shane Black fan. I think he's did a lot of stuff in the 80s that was very good and some that was terrible. Uh, I think, uh, and even stuff like, like uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which got Robert Downey Jr. back on the map and is legitimately pretty great. Uh, like for all the credit he gets for making uh, making Val Kilmer's character be a be a badass and also gay, there's a lot of gay jokes in it that are just ew, gross, gay. 
and his the most recent movie did that predator relaunch was real bad uh and also he apparently puts a sex offender in all his movies there's a lot of stuff going on I don't fully endorse Jane Black I thought Iron Man 3 was great uh I've maybe only seen it the one time before uh and this is officially the first of the Marvel movies that has uh comics creators credited in the main credit block uh for their contribution to individual stories uh which becomes a regular thing the bummer is that this is mostly done to accommodate Warren Ellis who wrote a uh he wrote like a, a six issue story that the movie's kind of based on. Uh, and it's, a, it's really kind of a nothing story, but, uh, as possibly mentioned here, Warren Ellis has also sort of been exposed as a sexual predator since then. And, uh, it just feels kind of gross, but nobody knew in 2013, except for the ways he kind of alluded to it a lot. Look, we had a lot of growing up to do as a nation. Anyway, Iron Man 3, good. Um, real excited about next week because that's Thor, The Dark World, which I have maybe only seen once. I know a lot of people don't like that one. I really enjoyed it, and it used to be at the top of Sam's Marvel list, so I'm looking forward to it. And coming up after that, we've got, in, we've got Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to be a good few weeks, guys. Uh, over in James Bond, it was On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the one and only George Lazenby movie. Uh, now, a lot of people, you know what, no, I'll, I'll put myself in there. This one's legitimately good. It's a good movie. It is less crazy than the previous one was. We don't have ninjas fighting in a volcano. Uh, but it, it's genuinely solid. There are some weird choices made. I just want to uh, note a couple of... George Lazenby is incredibly bland. Because people like this movie, they'll tell you he's one of the best... Like, that's one of those, oh, aren't you interesting opinions. Like, uh, you did you know Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a secret masterpiece? You know George Lazenby is the best Bond? No. He is the blandest man alive. He does fine. You will forget his face when you are not looking directly at him. There were times when the, he wasn't in a scene and then it would come back and I would think, who's that guy? Oh, he's the guy I've been watching for two hours. He's playing James Bond. Uh, the opening scene uh, kind of famously has him getting uh, basically humiliated and he looks right into the camera and says, this never happens to the other fellow, which is the worst thing that has ever happened in a movie. And I say that with full knowledge of the fact that snuff films exist. Uh, it started this just absolute turd people. Uh, do, you know, James Bond is a code name and all of the actors have been, when one dies, another one takes his place, which doesn't make any sense given things we know about the character. Uh, but the movie seems to explicitly say that, that uh, he's a different person than Sean Connery's Bond. Except that when he quits MI6, the first time that happens in the series, certainly not the last time, uh, he empties out his desk and he has mementos from all the previous movies in a drawer and he picks them up and thinks about them and you hear musical stings from that movie. So the movie is telling you he is the same person. Uh, that said, it is weird that after beating Blofeld face-to-face -face in the last movie, 
they meet again in this movie and do not recognize each other. If they're both being played by different actors, maybe that's it. But you'd think the fact that James Bond threw a throwing star at him recently, uh, maybe it would stick. Uh, there's also a very bizarre thing where for like the whole second act, he is impersonating a genealogist. And uh, he's not in disguise because they don't know what the guy looks like. But he is... They dubbed George Lazenby with the actor who actually plays the genealogist. And it's weird because if they don't know what he looks like, they also don't know what he sounds like. So there is no... <laughs> there is no reason to dub him or for him to even fake his voice, quite frankly. It is weird and jarring and just a strange choice. Uh, it also does a thing that a lot of the early movies do that is not, I don't super love where the big action scene all of a sudden comes into, comes down to like an army showing up to help out. And then it's a lot of scenes of faceless soldiers on one side fighting faceless soldiers on another and I think stuff gets lost uh, that said it's real good it's kind of famously the one where Bond gets married and then his wife is killed shortly thereafter um, and I think that really sells because Diana Rigg does a really good job uh, she's not like it has to happen real fast. Like if she wasn't selling it, you'd be like, well, why is this? She is written as basically every other, uh, every other female protagonist of a Bond movie, but somehow it works. And there's a scene I laughed very hard at where he throws a guy over a cliff during a ski fight and the camera just stays on the guy falling. I mean, I think they do it with a miniature and it's far enough off that it's not a particularly compelling shot but it just stays on him as he falls the entire length of the mountain. And that takes approximately 40 seconds. Like how high was this mountain? Was it in orbit? It's really funny and a weird choice. Um, and that brings us to uh, the, the bad time of the week, which is, uh, American Pie 2. Uh, this has our friends from the first American Pie movie uh, on summer vacation from their first year of college uh, uh, getting a getting a having a vacation house and trying out various schemes to get laid. Um, it is Here's the thing is it's mostly unpleasant. Uh, this is a phenomenally unappealing batch of performers. Um, I'll just say it. The, the only person I, through these two movies, who I enjoyed, and I'm like, oh, I, when they're in a scene I'm happy is Natasha Leone because I think she's real funny. She's basically playing a 45-year-old man who is somehow a high school girl. Which was kind of her vibe in most of her stuff back then. Uh, and she's hardly in this one. Uh, I admire their commitment to calling back every character from the first one. Like the two guys who are into MILFs get a long scene in this one too. Which you notice more because one of them is John Cho. 
uh, probably before he was famous. If not, he was really slumming it. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just a million callbacks. And if you were super into the first movie, it'd be, hey, that's fun. Uh, the big set piece, which in the first movie was humping a pie. Uh, this one was uh, Jason Biggs gluing one hand, accidentally gluing one hand to a porno tape and the other to his penis because he had mistaken super glue for lube. This is the kind of thing I hate because you would have to actually be... You couldn't be stupid enough to get glue on your hand and go, yep, that feels like lubricant. You know what glue feels like. You, like, glue that powerful instantly on your hand, you're going to tell. You're, you're not going to... You can tell from the sight and the and the feel of it, oh, this is not... This is not providing added moisture. You couldn't be that stupid. And that's that's what's really getting me about the, these movies is everybody has to be so stupid to set up these jokes that are not worth it. Uh, that said, I found it less unpleasant to watch than the first one. Uh, there are some jokes that aren't specifically about trying to get laid uh and some of them are about jason biggs being mistaken for a young man with uh developmental uh who is developmentally impaired so that's not great but there's some kind of sweet moments there's actually some relationship stuff uh it's not good i was not as mad at the end yeah that's how that's how little i'm expecting right now i was not as mad uh like if I had to choose between watching American Pie one and two, um, honestly, I'd probably pick two. Uh, it w- I wouldn't be thrilled about it, no matter what. There's there's a lot of bad stuff in these movies. They're they're just oh guys, it's it's bad stuff, man. Uh, but now we have two in we have finished all of the american pie movies i've seen previously uh next one i think is american wedding which was another theatrical release so that'll be all new to me maybe that'll maybe it's familiarity that's breeding contempt uh but the important thing is uh where i compare the nine american pie movies to Zack snyder's nine uh directory uh uh the the nine films Zack Snyder has directed and decide which I would rather watch. Uh, Last week, uh, I would rather watch his first movie, Dawn of the Dead, than American Pie 1. Uh, His second movie is 300, which at the time I sort of enjoyed, though I never watched it again. Uh, I do think it's visually interesting. I think it's... uh, uh, I'm concerned about its taste level, as Tim Gunn would say. Uh, a lot of that comes from the original comic also, but it's... Uh, you know, there's some... Look, here's the thing. is Persians are real people, and, and this movie treats them like orcs. It's weird. Uh, plus, I think this is the movie that officially really kicked off Snyder fandom, which is just the absolute worst bros uh, which, again, I say, given that several of them have told me I should kill myself for not liking one of his movies. So I would rather watch American Pie 2 than 300. 
Yeah, we're at one point on the board for each. We're eventually going to figure out which is the superior collection of films. Um, I guess that's it. This one was not especially funny. I didn't have a lot to say. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying my travel through two of my favorite movie franchises and one I don't give a rat's butt about. Uh, speaking of things I do care about, our, uh, this is brought to you by Tease by Summer, teasebysummer.com. Look, I've talked a lot about how great her shirts and mugs are. Uh, I want to call it a specific item that has been coming in very handy in my actual life. Uh, there is a, a water bottle. She's got a water bottle uh, based on the, the uh, I think you should leave sketch. It says on it, uh, this water doesn't stink, it's regular water, <laughs> which is funny. Even without the context, that's funny. Um, I will point out it is beautifully lettered and designed uh, because it's got a nice font that is also clearly legible, which the older I get gets to be more and more of a problem where fancy lettering is hard to read. It's perfectly, you can read this from across the room and it still has flair. It's great. But the reason I'm focusing on this is uh, it's like it's, it's, it's kind of a small water bottle which means it is perfect if, like me, you are going on long walks and you want to make sure you have some water, uh, but you don't want to have... You, you're not going to be gone long enough where you need a, a huge thing. This is, this is... It's light enough you can clip it to your belt without it being a problem, but it'll, it'll, it'll get you through a long walk, and it is very well insulated. You put cold water in that, it's going to be cold, you know, half an hour later. It, probably longer than that, but that's when I usually when I start drinking water uh, during my walks. So this has become a, a genuinely utilitarian thing for me that uh, that works very well, and I also like to look at because it's funny and well designed. So that's the EJ pick of the week is the Teased by Summer water bottle. Uh, this, you know what? Pick of the month. Pick of next month. This month's almost over. Let's not waste it on. It's the pick of this week and then the next month. So check that out. Buy something in the special notes to sell her. You can tell her you can you can tell her she's doing a great job. Uh, and then let me know if you buy something, and I'll I'll shout you out on a podcast that only you listen to. But still, it'll be exciting, right? Uh, the best. Teasebysummer.com. There's nobody better. Um, all right. That's, that's it. Uh, you can reach me. You can email the show at, uh, uh, fedtalks at yahoo.com. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at EJ Fettis. Uh, now that I know how to find messages, maybe I'll see if you message me. Uh, if you tell me to kill myself for not liking a movie where, where, uh, Batman doesn't know the difference between a person and a boat for a full two-thirds of the movie, well, I'm not going to reply to you. Uh, Instagram is EJ underscore Fettis. I sometimes post funny things there. Uh, I posted something funny that I can't remember now, so this is not a great advertisement for my social media. Uh, but that's how you can reach me. Um... Uh, the Apive, I've not written anything lately because uh, I'm very tired. 
but I'll get that up and running again. I'm currently watching uh, the Kids in the Hall re revival series on Amazon and season two of The Wilds. Having a great time. We'll talk more about The Wilds in the future, I bet, once I've drained the entire series. Um, I guess that's it. I'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully I'll have more to talk about than the franchise report, but I will next week I will be watching uh, Thor The Dark World, uh, Diamonds Are Forever, Sean Connery's last official Bond movie, and American Pie 3, either American Wedding or American Reunion. I don't know for sure which one. Uh, my level of enthusiasm is varying wildly. Uh, that's it. Hope you're having a good week. I'll be back to talk to you possibly on Memorial Day. Ooh. Or either sooner or later. Look. I'm not getting paid for this. I'll record when I record. Uh, you guys are the best. Hit me up. Tell me what's going on in your life. Uh, that's it. Bye. Fed Talks is a Full Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.